With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. How can you use emotion to structure goals? This is Founder Wisdom, where we'll answer that question by distilling advice from our founders and the books they recommend. Then we'll show you how we are applying that knowledge ourselves. I asked Masterclass founder David Rogier what book I should read if I'm trying to manage people more effectively, and he recommended The Man Who Lied to His Laptop by Clifford Knoss. I think a lot of us think about emotions as this wide-ranging, huge, complicated swath of feelings. I mean, just off the top of my head, I can think of admiration, adoration, anger, anxiety, awe, disgust, excitement, fear, horror, joy, nostalgia, relief. You get the idea. There seems to be so many ways to feel, but when we really boil down these emotions, they all fall somewhere on the arousal valence XY chart. On the x-axis, we have valence, which is essentially a spectrum from negative to positive. On the y-axis, we have arousal on a spectrum of calm to excited. And valence and arousal are basically responses to two questions. How well am I meeting my goals? Basically, how happy am I? And should I do something about my goals? Basically, how excited am I? What's incredible is that every emotion you've ever felt in your life is somewhere on that chart. To understand this chart a bit better, I'll go around and explain each quadrant starting in the upper right corner. If you are incredibly positive and are meeting your goals, but you are still excited about those goals, then you're feeling ecstatic. If you're feeling very negative, but are excited to change, then you feel rage. If you feel negative, but have no desire to change, then you feel despair. If you feel positive and have no desire to change, then you feel serenity. Now, this comes in handy when managing your team, but to address the simple stuff first, let's talk about valence. You generally want your team to skew positive. That will just ensure a forward-thinking organization. But what I find really interesting is the excited, calm y-axis. And I find it interesting because both excited and calm people add a lot of value. Excited people tend to act and act quickly and they will inspire others to act. However, they may act without considering all the options or all the possible consequences. Our outreach and research team lead, Jessica, reflects on how she operated when she was working under the previous team lead, Sahej. I would definitely say I was teetering more on the excited side. I was definitely like, Monday meeting, Sahej assigns Trello, I'm on it by Monday night and I have it done by Tuesday. That's, I think, definitely where I came in and I think that's super helpful for startups because you're trying to get so much done all at once. Jessica has some great insight. In terms of getting things off the ground and working quickly, excited people tend to just do it faster. However, speed can come at the detriment of quality. If you want to strategize long-term, a calmer person will have perspective on the situation and not sweat the small stuff. They will make careful decisions. 
To practice these categorization theories, Jessica and I talked about one of the people we interviewed for this past round of recruitment. Jamel, yeah. when he talked to him, he's super calm. Yeah. If we were to really utilize his strengths, right? It would be more like, this is a really calm, collected and thoughtful guy. Like everything he said during when we were interviewing him was super like thoughtful. Mm-hmm. What if we put him in strategy and operations? What if he did informational interviews with everyone in Finding Founders, found out how all the different teams interact with each other and how can we optimize our processes that we have to make sure everything is more efficient long-term rather than just like the week-to-week getting things done? I think he would definitely fit that role. Like, I totally see him being able to do that role. I don't think personally I would be the best person to do that role just because I do teeter on the excitement and I'm... I want to make things more efficient, but I am more worried at the end of the day of those short-term projects that need to get done. I think it's really cool and interesting. I've never, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, this has never, ever come up. Like, in any conversation that I've had with anybody, I've never thought about categorizing (laughs) people in this way. Um, I think it definitely can be useful. Now that I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know everybody yet. I know our five pe- my five people. I know their names, but I don't know them yet. And I think as we, you know, time goes by and we really like get to know more of their personalities, I'll be able to sort them easier into these two categories and then hopefully be able to assign them work that will allow them to thrive and will help push the team forward. As you can tell, Jessica and I thought about how Jamil, a calmer person, could be an asset when concerning long-term strategy. So look at the people in your team and look at yourself. Where do they and where do you fit in on that spectrum? Are you giving your team and yourself the proper goals and tasks that will allow those natural traits to thrive? If you have any questions or comments, DM us on Instagram and let us know how you are using this piece of founder wisdom. Also, please share this with someone who you think needs it. 